0: Alright, notice in verse 24 of 1 Corinthians 9, it says, Know ye not that they which run in a race run all, but one receiveth the prize, so run that ye may obtain. And every man that striveth for the mastery is temperate in all things. Now they do it to obtain a corruptible crown, but we an incorruptible. I therefore so run, not as uncertainly, so fight I, not as one that beateth the air, but I keep under my body and bring it into subjection Lest that at any means, when I have preached to others, I myself should be a castaway. One of the things that we know about our body is that it works against us in our Christian life, doesn't it? I mean, our flesh is wicked. In my flesh dwelleth no good thing, and it is something that causes a a lot of problems for people. And I think we all know that. Okay, we all are just—we're just natural-born sinners, aren't we? But you know what? We have the Holy Spirit inside of us. We can have victory over sin, but we do have to learn spiritually to keep our body. In subjection, if we're going to stay out of spiritual trouble, we, there's certain physical things that, if we do it, it will get us into spiritual trouble. And he mentions in uh, you know, in verse 24, he talks about running in a race. He mentions in verse 25 how these things that the, uh, those who strive for the mastery, those who want to win the race, he mentions them being temperate in all things. You know, for example, a person who is like an Olympic athlete that person is somebody who's going to be very temperate in what they eat and in what they drink and in their, their diet and in their exercise routine. You're, you're going to see them being very careful in how they do things. There's going to be a detailed plan. And he's saying, you know, they'll do these things to obtain a corruptible crown. But, you know, we an incorruptible. And he, but he gives that principle there of them being temperate in all things. And you know what? We ought to be people who are temperate. We need to understand that we have flesh is working against us. It's selfish. It's greedy. And many things that we want can actually get us into in, uh, some trouble. And I'm going to give you the title of my message here in just a second. And, and please, nobody get offended. I've got a whole bunch of disclaimers, alright? I'm going to do. Let me give you the title. Don't get offended. I'm going to give you my disclaimers, alright? Make sure you hear my heart on this. I'm trying to help, but you all know I, I deal with controversial issues, you know. I, I try not to avoid subjects, especially if it's in the Bible. But the title of my message, because I remember I mentioned last week I'm going to start a new series, Old Fashioned Solution to Modern Day Problems. There are things that we are facing and that we are dealing with in our country that are very American problems. Alright? it seem like they almost seem exclusive to us. They're not, other countries have these problems too. But there are certain things that we as Americans and in American culture we struggle with a lot more than some other countries do, and one thing that we struggle with here—I'm going, going to hide behind the pulpit. You know, is obesity. All right, obesity—it's a big problem. All right, they talk about it on the news all the time, or politicians talk about it. All right, you can't get mad at me. Nobody got mad at Michelle Obama with her Let's Move campaign and things she did. You know, y'all don't get mad at the, at the government when they're raising your taxes and taxing the sugary drinks and things like that. So don't get mad at me. Have I talk about some of this stuff today? I think it needs to be talked about. But let me give you a few of these disclaimers before anybody gets mad at me, all right? Because this is a, a sensitive subject, okay? So first off, if you are considered overweight, I'm not picking on you today, all right? I'm not picking on you. Uh, you know, my day is coming, all right? I can get away with it now. I'm 38. Uh, most of you were there at one time where you could eat all the junk and it didn't bother you, okay? My day is coming, all right, if I'm not temperate in all things, and I sometimes struggle with temperance in certain areas, and I think there's some reasons for that. I'll probably cover, but also, you know, if you're over 70 here today, we've got a lot of older people. Hey, you've done well. All right. What, what does it say in the Bible in Psalms 90 verse 9? For all the days are passed away in thy wrath. We spend our years as a tale that is told. The days of our years are three score years and ten, and if by reason of strength they be fourscore years. Yet is there strength, labor, and sorrow for it is soon cut off and we fly away. Hey, if you've made it past 70, it's because of strength. You've done good. Alright? So you know what? Nobody expects you, you know, to look like a fitness model, uh, you know, at 80 years old, okay? If you're alive today, you've been good, you've been temperate, you obviously weren't out, you know, drinking, smoking, and chewing, and hanging with those that do, and, you know, living promiscuous lifestyles. You're still with us today. So you know what? God bless you. We've all got something to learn from you. Okay? So I, you know, I wanted to throw that disclaimer in there. And you know what? Here's the other thing, too. Society has told us this is what everybody should look like, all right? You know, they've got that, you know, know, they have, there's that picture that they put out there, there's that image that's out there. But you know, you can have several extra pounds and still be healthy. You all understand? You can, you know, you cannot look like a model. You can be a big person and still be healthy. You can have a lot of extra weight. And still have strength as a man, be able to protect your family, to be able to go out and work and provide. You know, as a mom, you can have a lot of extra pounds and still be able to do what you need to do, be a good mom, be a good wife. Said, what they're putting out there in society today is just unrealistic. Y'all realize a lot of these famous people, I mean, they literally devote their lives to their physical image. Okay? I don't think God expects it of us. And I don't think that's a symbol of holiness because most of these people too are not holy people. So just I, I want to throw these things in there. Also, fat in the Bible, it wasn't always considered a negative thing, all right? But it probably didn't really resemble what we see today. Psalm seventy-eight verse twenty-nine says, "So they did eat; they were well filled, for He gave them of their gave them their own desire. They were not estranged from their lust, but while their meat was yet in their mouths, the wrath of God came upon them." And slew the fattest of them. Okay? And this is a story when they were complaining about the manna, and they wanted meat. They're like, we want meat. And so God sent all those quails, and remember, and they went and they just started devouring these things. They're eating these things. And then God got mad at them. And He went and He slew the fattest of them. And He said, well, why is He, you know, why those ones? Alright? But notice what, you know, it was because they were the greediest. Is that why? No, because look what it says. He slew the fast of them and smote down the chosen men of Israel. A lot of times those who had the extra weight, alright, you know, those were the stronger people. Okay? I mean, usually, you know, when they have, even in boxing and fighting and things like that, you know, they match up by weight because a lot of times the heavier guy, you know, is a lot stronger of an individual. So this was the guy just kind of taking down the strongest of their people. And then, two having that extra weight and a time and in a place where there were often famines, the guy who had a few extra pounds was going to survive a little longer, you know, than string bean. You know, so the thing is, it's not always a bad thing in the Bible. It also in Judges three twenty nine says, "In a slew of Moab at that time, about ten thousand men, all lusty and all men of valor that escaped, there escaped not a man." That word "lusty" it just means stout, vigorous, robust, helpful. Able of body, uh, this is the correct sense of the word, comprehending full health and strength as in a lusty youth, but is now used in the sense of bulky, large, or of great size. So these were these were just big guys. I mean, they probably had a lot of exercise themselves, and so I say all this, all right? That if you don't look like you know a fitness model today, nobody's picking on you. Nobody's being down on you would we not all agree we've got a health problem in our country today? Would we all agree that there is a huge problem, You know, no pun intended, there is a big problem uh, that we have in our country today? There are many people, they are not able to work, they are on disability, simply because of their weight and the, the si- their size. That is, that is a problem. People are fighting these things. I mean, the gyms are all full right now. In January, too, they're always full. You know, the gyms are all just packed because this is their year. They're going, you know, they're going to they're going to take care of it this year. You know, February they're back to being empty again. But uh, y'all, y'all know how it goes. And the thing is, this problem that we have in this country, that, and there are many health problems that come with obesity and things, and you all know that. I don't need to even try to educate you on that stuff. But um, there is these these problems are because of certain things in our culture, and there are biblical principles that, once again, like I talked about last week, that are timeless. That if we followed these things, if we stuck with these things, we could avoid a lot of those problems that come with it. Health is a very important thing. Okay, how many of us, you know, when you're, when we're not healthy, we're not happy. Okay, I mean, is is that very common? You know, when we have certain pains and things, and we're, we're feeling certain ways, it can affect a lot of things. And so we need to, we need to watch out for this stuff. We need to be careful. And there's more verses I could show you about you know fat kind of being a positive thing in the Bible. We see some of that. Uh, well, Proverbs 11:25, the liberal soul shall be made fat, and he that watereth shall water also himself. That's actually a good thing. Okay, just basically meaning hey, they're going to have plenty. They're going to be taken care of. This isn't somebody you know, starving. You know, I would rather be somebody who's fat and jolly, you know, than that guy that's just all shriveled up and you know can't hardly do anything because he's so weak and hungry. Okay, I, I, I would I would rather be there. So, but here's the thing too: when it comes to this subject, you know, the difference between the faults of those who are obese versus those with pretty much any other sin is the that problem with the obesity. Everyone can see it. Okay. So just understand too, once again, it's not a sign of your character. There are some people today that are physically in good shape that have some deep, dark, nasty, sick secrets and have some wicked sin in their life, but nobody can see it. It's just not, it's not visible. And so a lot of times, you know, people think you know because they, I, that nobody can see it, you know, they, they get away with stuff and they don't even worry about fixing it. People worry about the obesity thing because it's something everybody can see. And, uh, but understand, you know, nobody's thinking you're just a bad person because of that. So, I hope I made everybody feel good, uh, up to this point, you know, as I, as I tackle this controversial subject. But, you know, why is this a big problem in our society? Okay? There's a few reasons. One, we are very blessed in this country. Okay? Now listen, I know I know we live in America, and if you watch the news, you think we're all dying and suffering, and the country you know the country is going downhill, and we're starving to death, and famine, and tribulation, and peril, and all. You know, that's how the news media makes it out to be. If you listen to politicians, I mean, we are just you know in just horrible, horrible shape. But you know what? At the end of the day, it looks to me like people are eating pretty good in this country. You know, it looks like we're being pretty well taken care of when it comes to the physical things. We are very blessed. Another thing that is. Uh, Uh, you know, a part of what's going on in our society is technology has made life very easy. There was a day when you had to walk everywhere or you had to ride your bike everywhere. You know, there was a day, even if you wanted to ride a horse, you had to go and do some work and you had to go out in the barn, you had to feed that horse, you had to take care of that horse, you'd have to saddle up that horse. I mean, it it took a lot of effort just to do anything. Nowadays, I mean, we just. Life is easy because of technology. It's just it's and you'll know, thank God for that. And you know the truth is we ought to take advantage of that not so we can have more time for television and video games, but to actually be accomplishing something. And but that technology making life easy for us has got helped get us to this point. And then also we do have very greedy people in high places who exploit our weaknesses for financial gain. Okay? You know, Monsanto, uh, you know, we, we, you know the soda companies, all right? You know, they, we know they put addictive chemicals in our food, all right? We know that, and we're all addicted to it, you know? And then we, that's why we get the jitters when you go, you know, three hours without a soda and things like that. You know, they put stuff in there. It's in, the, it's in the fast food. It's in all these things. You know, they do use marketing that deceives us. There's deceptive marketing. You know, when I was a kid, I loved... Frankenberry, and Count Chocula cereal. And I remember seeing the commercials for those. All the time. I just thought those things were great. And my parents hardly ever got it, but when they would get it, I was just so excited. I thought it tasted so good. And I remember they just like quit getting it. They weren't always getting that expensive cereal and stuff like that. And I remember when I moved out, I went and I bought some. I was like, I'm going to go get me some Frankenberry. And uh, you know, I went and bought a box. You know, that stuff's disgusting. It's not even good. But when I was a kid, I sure thought it was good. And I'm going to tell you why. It was the commercials. Alright? the commercials made it seem like the greatest thing in the world. You'd see those kids just with a great big smile eating that cereal. You know, remember the remember the Corn Pops commercial? I gotta have my Pops. Anybody remember those? And my parents used to get Corn Pops a lot. You know, I'd always say I gotta have my Pops. And you'd see these guys going through all these things, get the Corn Pops stuff. That stuff's gross too. And I'm telling you, I only liked those things because of the commercials. I'm convinced of that. I got sucked in by the marketing. Uh, you know, they, they hypnotized me or something. I don't know. I don't know how it all works. Uh, you know, what's that uh, Tavistock uh, group? You know, they use their music. I you know, I, I don't know all the conspiracies on that stuff. But I'm convinced it's real and it works. And they use that stuff to get us liking these unhealthy things, wanting these unhealthy things. And you know, they these people too. They maximize profit. You know that, and by, you know, they want to maximize profit by making things cheap. They know if they can make it cheap, we'll be more likely to buy it, even if it's not as good or as good for us. They know that we will give into it and go for it. So you know, because we like to all like to save a buck, and so we are. We're being programmed by this stuff. We're being deceived by these things. And even though we know, I mean, you go to McDonald's, right there in the drive-through menu, they have the number of calories and all the things. At work the other day, they had the cafeteria closed down, so they had like these muffins and these other snack treats and things that they put out there in the break rooms for us to eat. And I went and I saw one of those, I forgot what kind it was. It was kind of like one of these Little Debbie type things they have in the gas stations, the bigger ones, like a cinnamon roll thing just covered in frosting. And I was like, man, that looks good. And I went and ate it, and then I looked at the package, 550 calories in that one thing. And that one little thing, 550 calories. Let me tell you, it was worth it. I mean, it was, it was good. But I'm thinking, I probably shouldn't be eating these things all the time. But it was free. I had to. All right? I, 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 could, I couldn't pass it up. But you know, we see these numbers are right there. We know all this stuff. And I now know those things have 550 calories, but next time they give those out at work, I'm probably, I'm probably going to eat one. All right, I, I don't know. I hope not but I but I probably will. So what is what is the solution, all right? What are some old-fashioned solutions? What is the Bible what are some things that the Bible teaches us to help us with this because I don't want to be unhealthy, all right? I hate hospitals. I'm scared of hospitals. I I can't even watch a doctor show when I when we're in hospitals and they start talking about certain things, I just get sick and weak at the knees and I want to pass out and you know, and when I visit some of y'all in the hospital, you know, I want to be a blessing and stuff. But when the doctors walk in and start talking about certain things, it just it does something to me. It messes me up. And how many, anybody in here ever had heart surgery? Uh, I, I, oh God bless you. All are doing real good. You don't even need this sermon, all right? But uh, I, I've been told too. You know, I've been there when they do heart surgery. I, maybe I shouldn't talk about stuff like this in church, but. Maybe it doesn't freak you all out like it does me. You know, my grandpa, he had some open heart surgeries. You, really, you know, They cut the bone of the sternum in half and then they like pry it apart to get to your heart. That, I'm sorry, folks. If they ever tell me I'm clogged up, I'm just going to set my affairs in order and I'm just going to die of a heart attack. I'm not letting them do that to me. All right? Now, my parents might talk me to something different, but I'm telling you, I had my appendix taken out several years ago and they did things to me when I was out that if I'd have known they were going to do it, I think I'd have just let them burst and I'd have probably just died. And I I literally am terrified of ever having to go back to a hospital again for fear of what will happen to me when they put me down again. I mean, I'm terrified of that stuff. So I think about that stuff sometimes when I'm looking at those snacks that have 550 calories and things like that because I I don't like that stuff. And I I don't want to have we, but so what can we do to help with this stuff? We'll turn over to one Corinthians uh, chapter back to one Corinthians chapter nine and verse twenty-seven. Look what it said there. He said, "But I keep under my body and bring it into subjection." Okay, bringing our bodies into subjection. Okay, what does the Bible teach us as fathers? You know, we're supposed to have our children in subjection. You know, as a bishop, he's supposed to have his children in subjection with all gravity. Wives are supposed to be subject to their husband. That's what the Bible teaches. Children are supposed to be in subjection to their fathers. Wives are supposed to be in subjection to their husbands. And you know what the Bible tells us? We need to keep our bodies in subjection. That is something that God has told us to do. And you know what? If we are going to have our children in subjection, we, shouldn't we set an example and just at least keep ourselves in subjection at least as you know as a father if i want to raise good kids shouldn't i be being a good person myself shouldn't i be somebody who loves the lord shouldn't i be somebody who's keeping the commandments of god it shouldn't i be somebody who you know is setting an example and one of the things we see today is young children struggling with this stuff. i mean little kids that are just getting huge at young ages how is this happening These kids, their their parents aren't getting them in subjection. And many times, all you have to do is look at the parent and you know exactly why. The parent is not setting the example. One thing that we've got to do is first off, in order to conquer obesity, the easiest thing is to just not let it happen to you is not let it happen to you. Not let it happen in your family and say, you know what? I want my kids to be healthy. I want them to live a long, happy life. I want them to have health. So you know what? If I want them to have good health practices, maybe I better have some good health practices too. The thing is, we got to start them out young on these things. If you get your kids in the habit of just eating sugar for breakfast and you know drinking Mountain Dew at night before they go to bed and things like that, that stuff's going to stick with them through the rest of their life. You need to train them and you need to teach them to control themselves. You need to teach them you know, at the church when they're bringing the donuts and stuff in not to eat 14 of those donuts, not to go hiding in other rooms eating the donuts and stuff like that. You've got to stop them from doing that stuff. You say, well, you shouldn't just have donuts around. Well, you know what? You need to learn your kids to control themselves and limit their intake on some things. You need to learn, how, you need to, learn to teach them how to deal with temptation. Because you know what always happens too with kids? Who it's like they're just never even going to be around those snacks. As soon as they get old enough to go places on their own, like gas stations and stores, guess what they all do? Alright? They're all buying that junk. And they're just, you know, shoving it down their throats before they get home. That's what that's what they do. You've got to set an example and you've got to train them at a young age. You need to be in subjection as a parent, or you, need, or you need to have your body in subjection as a parent to set an example, and then you need to teach your children to be the same way. So it's, it's not good, and it's not healthy to give your child everything at once. One mistake you often see, people who came from very poor homes, or they, they grew up being without a lot of things, it's like they want to give their kid everything. It's like, well, you know, I struggled. I didn't have this. I didn't have that when I was a kid. So they want to give their kids everything. And often, they spoil them. And I heard this statement one time. I don't even know where it came from. I don't even remember where I heard it, but it's always stuck with me. It says, if you give a kid everything at once, and if you give a pig everything at once, you have a pretty good pig and a pretty sorry kid. And truth is, we're not raising pigs, folks. You don't give your kid everything at once. You don't let them drink as much soda as they want. They want you don't let them drink or eat as much junk as they want. You need to set and you need to set an example in that area. It's not good. It's not healthy. You know we need to start thinking about the future. Look what it says in Hebrews chapter eleven, in verse twenty four says by faith Moses when he was come to years refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter choosing rather to suffer affliction with the people of God than to enjoy the pleasures of sin for a season, esteeming the reproach of Christ, greater riches than the treasures in Egypt, for he had respect unto the recompense of the reward. One of the things that we see that Moses did, Moses was thinking about the future. Moses was willing to suffer today knowing that it would give him a better tomorrow. And you know the problem when it comes to the obesity and everything. I mean, how many of us have been there before where you did? You just went all out. You ate the 550 calorie snack like I did the other day. You know, you went, you ordered the extra, you know, cheesecake from the cheesecake factory and stuff like that. You know, and then the next day, you kind of regretted it when you stepped on the scale. You know, the next day, it's over. It, you know, it's no so fun, but you just went and you indulged yourself in these things. And you regret it later. You know what? You've got to learn to suffer a little bit today. You've got to learn. You might need to learn to start suffering a little bit at the gym, you know, on the treadmill and suffer that pain and actually have to do some sweating and things. But you do that because you're thinking about the recompense of the reward. Hey, this is going to help me get victory today. This is going to help me that hunger pain that you're feeling. That's just screaming out saying, you know, you've got to do something about this. You need to endure that suffering sometimes and just need to teach yourself, you know, I need to conquer some things. I need to allow myself to suffer a little bit today as long as it will help me have a better tomorrow. But most people in every area of their life, they're only thinking about right now, this moment, what can I do to please this flesh? You've got to get past that. You've got to learn to think about the future, and we're just not doing that today. You know, the parents, they just want to shut the little kid up. You know, and so they're just constantly just giving the little brat everything at once. No discipline. No training, and then they wonder why they raise a pig. Okay? You can't do that with a kid. That is that is bad. Okay, you are actually hurting them in the long run. You might be shutting them up right now, but you're causing greater problems later. I need to move on. I got a lot I need to cover on this. So we need to recon- So another thing we need to do: we need to recognize the faults of our society, and we need to do things different. Okay. There's, there's a lot of things that everybody's doing that you just might need to tell your family, we're not going to do those things. That is not we. I understand everybody does that, but we do things different. Character, discipline, these are not taught. Parents need to teach their children that there's consequences for mistakes. And I hate preaching this too. I thought about this. Man, it's fellowship day today. Nobody's going to want to eat after I preach this message. Look, we're allowed to eat. The Bible talks about eating and being full. Feasts are talked about in the Bible. You know, Please, please enjoy the food afterwards, stuff like that. And if somebody brought cheesecake or something like that, you know, go ahead and eat it. All right, it's 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 once a month we have this. All right, folks, so we'll, we'll all tell ourselves we just do this once a month. Okay, all right, and no, nobody's gonna nobody's gonna judge you. But uh, it says in Proverbs thirteen twenty four, he that spareth his rod hateth his son, but he that loveth him chasteneth him. B times now. The Bible says if you, if, you don't, if you do not correct your child, the Bible says you hate your son. Why is that? If you fail to teach your children there are consequences for things, you're setting them up for worse things in the future. Okay? The news media today, society today, they want to tell you that you're abusing your kids if you spank them. But I'm here today to tell you that you know, if you do not spank your kids, I think you're abusing them. When you don't teach them as a parent that there are consequences for your actions, okay, they are going to learn it from somewhere else. And that's not going to be pretty. Okay? Because if parents fail to teach their children about consequences, there's backups that are much more cruel though. Okay? So for example, if parents fail to deal with character flaws... Turn to Deuteronomy 28.1. If parents fail to te- deal with character flaws in their children... Then the government's going to teach them. Okay, now the problem is, by the time the government steps in to teach your children about the consequences of right and wrong, your kids are going to be doing things that are probably going to result in jail time. Now what would you rather have? A good old fashioned spanking that will, the pain will go away in a few minutes, or go to prison? What's more cruel? A spanking or prison? Okay, or how about this? Now, we don't do this in this country, and I'm going to show you how it's even more cruel than we don't. But in the Bible, they put people to death for things. Now, this passage of Scripture I'm going to go to right here, this is one that is one of the most butchered passages of Scripture in all the world. People like to go to this chapter and this passage to say the death penalty is gone. And you know, I, I believe we should still have the death penalty in our country for the things that the Bible taught. We should have the death penalty for it. And then what people always do oh, you think that? Well, do you think that we should, you know, stone disobedient children? Well, I believe we should in the context of what the Bible says. Okay? So but then what they'll do oh, so, you know, some kid backpacks his mom and won't clean his room, we're supposed to take him out and stone him. Uh, that's not exactly what the Bible teaches. Let's go ahead and look at this passage and let's put two and two together here, all right? This is actually pretty simple. I think people are stupid on purpose because they just don't like the death penalty. But look what it says. It says in verse 18, If a man have a stubborn and rebellious son, which will not obey the voice of his father or the voice of his mother, and that when they have chastened him, he will not hearken unto them, then shall his father and mother lay hold on him and bring him out into the elders of his city and into the gates of his place, and they shall say unto the elders of the city, This our son is stubborn and rebellious. He will not obey our voice. He is a glutton and a drunkard. And all the men of his city shall stone him with stones that he die. So shalt thou put evil away from among you. And all Israel shall hear and fear. Now what is going on with the stubborn and rebellious son? Okay. What did this situation look like? I'll tell you what the situation looked like. Me and boys, we were just watching these videos of these like gamers having, uh, meltdowns. And there were these videos of these video gaming kids. Just freaking out, spazzing out, screaming at their parents because they took their Xbox away. And you know what these kids all had in common that were doing that? They were all fat. There were these I mean, fat kids screaming at their parents because they took their Xbox away. One of these kids that was having one of these meltdowns too, he's like while he's playing these video games and just spazzing out on these kids for messing with He's like stuffing his face with like pizza and donuts and things like that and drinking soda. Just a lazy, fat, good for nothing. As a kid. Okay? Now, I understand they didn't have video games in the Bible, but it's clear in the Bible there were, if they had a child who was a glutton and a drunkard. All right? Now, how many drunkards have you known at, you know, six and seven and eight years old? Okay? You know, you don't know how many. Okay? This person has got to the point of being a drunkard, all right? These, I, I personally think, these are you know like older teenagers and maybe even young adults. These are like a lot of your basement dwelling millennials that you have today. These are the guys who they grow up, they can't get out of their homes, they can't leave their house, they won't get a job, they sit around playing video games all day, stuffing their faces. Okay, and what do we? One thing that these people have in common. We've got these people all over our country. Our country is crawling with these people. You know what they are? They give their flesh every little thing at once. These are the people that sit around looking at porn all day on the internet. These are the ones who do, as soon as they get introduced to alcohol and things, I mean, they are just guzzling and chugging this stuff. They are the drunks. They give their flesh every little thing at once and you can't get a thing out of them. I went went to an older lady's house one day when I did estimates for concrete and I told her, one of the reasons you're getting water in your basement is because your gutters have plants growing out of them. And I said, you need to, you need to get those gutters cleaned out so they can you know, keep the water away from the house. And this woman, she had a son in her 20s that was living down in this basement. This basement was disgusting. It had all this water coming through it. But it had a couch uh, down in there and it had a television with the video games. And when I went there, he was in the middle of the day. He's laying on the couch in his underwear playing video games. I'm not lying, folks. And when I left, I, you know, she was like, well, I can't get up there and clean those out. And I said, well, can't you have your son do it? she's like, oh, he won't leave that basement. And, you know, it wasn't my place to say it, but I'm thinking, well, if he won't do that work, he's going to get thrown out on his naked backside. But you know what? She's is, she is letting him live down there, be a good-for-nothing, giving him food, stuffing his face. I'm, I'm sorry, folks. That man is a glutton and a drunkard and a good-for-nothing, worthless to society. And you know what? I think people like that would be better off taken out and stoned instead of making everybody suffer for what they do. And I think it's interesting how it's mentioned that he was a glutton and a drunkard. Well, this kid, he's giving himself everything he wants. Whatever his flesh wants, he is taking it. And we are raising up a generation of these people today. I see him all the time. And it, it disgusts me. It makes me sick. I've taken my boys over to the uh, Moline and the Quad Cities at the mall there. They've got one of these magic card gaming shops you know, for magic card games and stuff. I don't even understand how this all works. And I went there once with my wife, and I saw this. I was disgusted by. It. I wanted my boys to see this, and we watched these grown men in their pajamas, they that looked like they just crawled out of bed, all sitting out on these tables. I don't know. I don't. You know all. Trading these cars, I don't even—I don't even know what they're doing. I mean, they—they—we didn't get close enough to t- you know to them to tell that they looked like they smelled. And I—I took my boys like, do you see that? All right, these are the men of Deuteronomy chapter twenty-one, or, or the children, the gluttons, the drunkards, the good for nothings. And people get mad when I talk about people like that. I'm sorry. Start- Y'all get offended by this. Go to the mall in Moline and you look at that. All right? You'll, you you ask me, is there anything that these people have to contribute to society? No. They are just consuming. All right? I guarantee you they all live in their mom's basement and they're not going anywhere, folks. They're not looking for jobs. They want to do their little... I don't know. I, 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 I can't even explain it. you got to see it for yourself. I thought about going on video on it, but I don't know, it's probably illegal. But it's, it's it's pretty disgusting things. But understand, in the Bible, if the parent didn't get it done, society took care of it. And you know what? If we don't get the job done as parents, one of these days, these people are going to be having their meltdowns out in public. And then guess what? The cops are going to come... They're going to slam them on the ground. They're going to handcuff them. They're going to throw them in the back seat of a car. They're going to take them off to a police station. They're going to strip them down, put them in a jumpsuit, you know, and throw them in jail. All right? And you think you think spanking's cruel? All right, I would rather my kids get that and then that other treatment. But you know what? Our society day, our society day is so sick and it's so twisted. We don't even do that a lot of times. A lot of things that people should be getting put in jail for, or what, whatever We do nothing about it. All right? We've got homosexuality running rampant and celebrated in this country. But the thing is, if society doesn't take care of this stuff, if we don't deal with these people, nature deals with them. Look what it says in Leviticus 18. I don't even have time to go there. In Leviticus 18.22, God's telling them, hey, you're not, if a man lies with man as a woman, you're supposed to put them to death. And He said, if you don't, the Bible says the land itself Vomiteth out the inhabitants. The nations that were before you, they did these things. And the land itself vomiteth out the inhabitants. The diseases that the people get from the wicked lifestyles that they're living today are horrible. They are gross. They are unspeakable. I can't even mention these things from the pulpit. And these people die horrible, horrible deaths. And society doesn't want to talk about that. Hollywood doesn't talk about that because they want us to celebrate that perversion. But the reality is, the life of a homosexual is a horrible, horrible, disgusting life of pain and misery. There's a reason that their suicide rates are so high. And we just want to we just want to turn a blind eye to it. We want to ignore it. We want to just not deal with it. Not even realizing that, you know what, there are forces more cruel than our government out there. There is nature that's going to take these people out. And it's going to be a horrible death. It is not a good way to go. And unfortunately, they're going to take a bunch of people down with them when, when they go. Because of all the vile things that they spread. We've got to realize that. And ours, if we don't teach our children discipline, you know what? The government will. And if the government fails, then nature will. And when nature gets involved, folks, it just gets too ugly. It's too messy. By then, it's too late. We don't want to mess up. We've got to do it. So we've got to make sure that we teach our children some discipline. And we need to set the example ourselves. We also need to make sure we keep ourselves and our families physically active. Bible says in the Ten Commandments, remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. It says in there, six days shalt thou labor and do all thy work. God created man to be active. He did not create us to sit in front of a television 24-7. He did not create us for that. Our bodies were made and our bodies were designed for us to be outside, to be active, to be physically doing things. And listen... Many jobs today, they do not require you to be outside. That's fine. You're, you're, not, you're not a bad person for not having a physical job. I mean, you know, thank God you were smart enough to get a job that you don't have to break your backside. All right, But at the same time, you've got to remember your bodies were designed to work even before the fall. In Genesis 2, we see that God put Adam in the garden to dress it and keep it. You all understand? Even before the fall... God intended for man to work. After the fall, that work became more difficult. God ended up cursing the ground. Man was going to have to sweat. But you know what? We were made to be able to survive that. Our bodies were designed to be active. And when we are not active, when we just sit around, and when we're lazy, and when we don't do any work, folks, we weren't meant for that. Things are going to happen to us. I heard a story one time. I remember reading about a lady... I believe it was a lady who literally, she laid on her couch for so long. I forgot how many pounds she weighed when she died. She literally grew into the fabric of the couch. Literally. They had to cut a wall out to take her body out of the house because that couch had to come with it because she was connected to it. The house smelled so bad when they went in there that people they had to wear like hazmat suits to go get her. It was, and the question I and I, I remember the first question I had was, who was given the food to this woman? All right, and the answer caused me to have a million more questions. The boyfriend. And I I don't, I don't I don't get that. All right. Yeah. You know, so. You know, folks, that we're not made for this. Okay, I love sitting around laying on the couch. All right, and Christmas—the last two years, two years in a row—on Christmas, I haven't even put shoes on. All right, that's literally like in two days in the last two years when I have not even put shoes on. All right? I stay in the house a whole day, don't go anywhere, and I love it. But I mean, that's once a year, folks. All right, we can't do that all the time. We've got to get out. We've got to walk. We've got to be active. And you know, it was part of God's plan for man to work. You know, we are activity. It needs to be proportioned to what we eat. If you're not active, then you shouldn't eat as much, okay? Some of us can eat a lot because, you know, we, we do a lot. If you have a physical job, you're gonna eat more than the guy that, or be able to eat more than the guy that sits behind a desk all day. You're gonna be able to eat more than the guy that maybe is just driving a truck or driving a car all day. And so, you know, and this is where we have to be careful, okay? And I'm, I'm not gonna do this. We wanna be careful not to start adding commandments to the Bible. Okay, in 1 Timothy chapter 4, uh, go ahead and turn over there. In verse 1, it says, Now the Spirit speaketh expressly that in the latter time some shall depart from the faith, giving heed to seducing spirits and doctrines of devils, speaking lies and hypocrisy, having their conscience seared with a hot iron, forbidding to marry, and commanding to abstain from meats which God hath created to be received with thanksgiving of them which believe and know the truth for every creature of God is good and nothing to be refused if it be received with thanksgiving for to sanctify by the word of God in prayer now i don't believe we ought to go around as christians and as a church making up dietary rules for people all right i don't think i should have to get up here you know with the exception of alcohol which the bible strictly forbids and you know strong drink things that can get you drunk all right with the exception of that I don't think we ought to be going around making dietary rules. All right. I don't think we need to do like the Mormons and ban caffeine. I don't think we need to ban high fructose corn syrup. Uh, you know, a lot, a lot of these things. Okay. I believe it's okay, and I don't believe it's a sin for us to eat some of the more pleasurable items that chemists have come up with. All right. Okay. I, I think that's fine, but we shouldn't overindulge. And I think we. I think dangerous territory we start creating commands you know in the Bible and, I, and you know all of a sudden I, I ban all of you as pastor from drinking coke ever again. Yeah. I right. I don't think I have the right to do that. All right. And I definitely don't want to make up that command. But I you know I, I don't think I have... I I don't have that right, but we, we do need to be careful with that kind of thing. I think it's fine, but we've gotta to learn to not overindulge. Okay? People that have trade, we just we just get carried away with stuff. We just we go overboard, we just don't know when to stop. And so we should we should make some things a special treat that you earn. Okay? I remember one day me and boys we worked really hard out in our yard when we, uh, our, we bought our house, the whole section of our yard had a lot of scrapes and stuff laying out there. And so one day we just went, we had a long day of getting rid of all that and taking Place And I found out when you took it there, a lot of places where I dump, you know, where you dump garbage, you got to pay for it. Well, there, they pay you for the metal. And so I remember we went and took it in there. They weighed us. and We actually got some cash for it. I'm like, oh, man, we got all excited. and We're like, let's go waste it. And what we did, we went to the gas station and we bought, you know, energy drinks and stuff and, you know, chug those things down. It's like, you know, you guys earned it. You worked hard today. But, you know, you can't just drink that kind of stuff all the time. I went to go on a zip line one time in Branson. They had this huge zip line that you can do. And there was this massive fellow that was there that they would not let go on the zip line. And I remember I was talking to that guy, and somehow we got on the subject of energy drinks. He started talking about how he had, you know, he gained, I forgot how many hundred pounds he gained, because he started having these heart problems because he was working nights and he was drinking like four red bulls a night. And it just messed him up. It's like, listen. I'm not going to preach against Red Bull. All right? I like Red Bull. I, I barely ever drink those, but folks, for a night, you can't do that, all right? You're just going to get yourself in trouble with that kind of thing. And you know, we need to understand that, you know, it's like, well, it's too hard to figure all this stuff out and regulate all these things. Okay, first off, that's a lie. Okay, we with our technology we have today, it is easy to know the facts on our food. Okay? I've got an app on my phone, I can look up pretty much any food item, and it can tell me how many calories we can count these things, we can regulate this stuff. It's real easy to do today with the technology we have. In fact, I was thinking about this. You know how many guys, and I I don't know if anybody I've never heard anybody in here talk about this, or if you're into this, I'm not picking on you, all right, but I know some churches that are obsessed with this. And that is fantasy football. Okay? Now I like football I don't really watch it much but I love to play football all right? but the, there's these guys that are so out of shape they could never even throw a football or they could they couldn't even run the hundred yards if nobody guarded them uh, or if, you know if nobody was trying to tackle them you know to, to score a touchdown but they will sit around on their phones and they'll play fantasy football and they'll study this stuff for hours I don't even understand how it works all right? And these same people that have these fantasy football teams that they sit around all the time and they got to watch all the football games to know about the players and know who they should pick and stuff. These same people, they don't have the time to get an app to keep track of their calories. And they're, you know, they're intake and all that kind of stuff. It, it, it's a priority thing, folks. And the truth is, while the the, the technology of today, while the, the culture that we have has... Had a, a the unintended side effect of getting our country fat. Y'all need to understand we do have other things that are available, so we can counter that as long as we stick to Bible principles when it comes to character, when it comes to discipline, when it comes to keeping our body in subjection. We can overcome these things. We can succeed. We just have to learn to. Uh, uh, we have to learn to adjust and we go to the bible follow these principles and you'll be able to take care of yourself you'll be able to protect yourself and in a world where everybody's getting sick and dying of just all these many times things that are unnecessary you know we can we can be happy healthy people and listen folks there are so many things you can die of there are so many sicknesses that you can get without even trying there's viruses and things out there you know, we've got enough working against us just because we live in a sin-cursed earth. All right, some of y'all have health problems that you did nothing to cause. it. I mean, it just kind of happens. Sometimes people have birth defects. Okay, there are plenty of things that we can't help. Sometimes people have accidents that end up messing things up in their body. We don't need to contribute to that by just being irresponsible with our daily life. And what we eat and our activity, we've got to regulate these things. And I believe if you'll do that, God will help you and you will be happier people. And that's the goal. I'm not looking to get the best looking church, all right, as far as physical appearance. But I do like, I want to have a happy church. And if we're healthier, we'll be happier. I I, I believe that. And if we follow the principles of God's word, we can succeed in these things. And so, I hope that was a blessing to you. With that, let's pray, dear Lord. I thank you so much for your word. I pray you will help us, dear Lord, to learn from these things, to follow these principles in in your word. I pray you'll help us to uh, to be active, that we will not overindulge, that we'll learn to say no to some of the things that our flesh desires. We'll be able to keep certain things in moderation. And Lord, I just I, I pray that we'll be healthier and happier people as a result of it. And dear Lord, we just Uh, We thank You that we do live in a blessed country, but help us to uh, not forget about Your Word and to stay true to these things. In Your name we pray. Amen. Let's go ahead.